Borak Thong Earthlets. My name is Conrad alongside my friend Fox. This is the 78th episode of Space Spinner 2000. Oh, God. <laughs> a podcast oh, where two Americans try to make sense of the UK's own Galaxy's Greatest Comic, 2000 AD, one month of progs at a time. This episode, we're covering 2000 AD for March 1982, progs 254 to 257. And we're getting real close to that 260. Oh my god, it's a million years old comic. <laughs> this week, we'll roll on with the Mush Rush, fight back against the East Meg invaders, have a spider showdown, team up with eight men, and deal with outside interference inside of the mean arena. I would have also accepted that um, Nemesis gets into a sticky situation. Oh shit! <laughs> That's good! <laughs> I gotta go back now. I'm, I'm working on it. I swear to God, like one day I will have puns and not just like weird comments about dumb shit. Hey, you're fine with me, buddy. No problem. All right. By the way, I'll just say that I'm uh, I'm in, I'm back in sunny California this week for uh, Thanksgiving. We're taping this over the Thanksgiving holiday, and yeah. so it might sound a little weird, and I apologize for that. Just a lot of a lot of moving around for your I, big. I'm not contract. celebrating Thanksgiving. I'm in the cold north of europe and it's just getting colder oh my god this was a bad choice (laughs) (laughs) all right anyhow enough of our of of our various whining let's go to (laughs) two through one ace trucking well, throw me a howdy doody on them Power Horse 18's feet. <laughs> Script robot Alan Grant and John Wagner is Grant Grover. Art robot Massimo Bellardinelli, letting robot Steve Potter. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, snap. Them so, engines are effed up. It's true, yeah. Feek the Freak works to get the Speedo Ghost back up and running following the massive blowout from last episode as Ace Garp dreams up dreams of the multiple rigs he'll buy with the money from the mail run that'll get as a result of this mush rush. And then just, like, completely backhands Ghost. Yeah. Like, oh, you could be, like, the backup computer on one of these things. I'm like, man, this... What? He's got a bad relationship with his ship's computer, buddy. I think we've seen that before. I mean, yeah, but, you know, it's like, (laughs) he's not helping that. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, three rigs are trying for third place in this mush rush. Uh, Fatty Arkle, who we've met before, is kind of a fat alien dude. There's a eye-patched attaboy Bob, or Bob, no, Bob, I think. And then uh, Tolly Keegan. Who rides in the definite trier, which is my favorite name for a spaceship. Yeah, that's a very that's a cool name for a spaceship. It's like a like a racehorse or something, and then he's got like kind of yeah. dreadlocky things going on. Uh, I call in, it French fry hair. Yeah, French fry hair is definitely a better <laughs> better term for it, actually. In in second place is our old enemy Jago Kane, and he's just delivering his first piece of mail. Jago has to stop Ace, so he calls the space cops, the creepy jeepies, uh, on Ace. They man, sh- who calls the fuzz on a bro? Not cool, man. Not cool in this Offside. trucker society. Uh-uh. So he calls them. The cops show up and perform a mandatory fumigation of Garp's ship. And <laughs> Just like, what? Because of this uncool move, Garp then retaliates by uh, implicating Jago in smuggling. Oh, man. I mean... Don't yeah. throw stones at a glass house or whatever. Like you're yeah. gonna get it. That's right. Yeah, you you sow the seeds of the creepy jeepies and you reap the creepy jeepy whirlwind. Um, when, 
Dude, they, <laughs> by the way, they pumped yeah. their stomachs. Like, yeah. they went through everything. Yeah, when Jago lands, yeah, there's a whole squadron of space cops. They strip him down. They search his ship from stem to stern. Ace delivers his second letter as these stomach pumps are brought out against Kane and his crew. It looks terrifying. <laughs> it looks pretty bad. So in the final leg of the mush rush, the Speedo's in the lead, but the final leg is on the planet Peem, which is no easy job. It's barely been surveyed. It's just a huge ball of quicksand and danger. Plus no the, doubt. Plus the ghost's engine can barely hold on. You know, who knows how long it'll last. The, uh, the ship flies over the sucking sea to the mailbox, and GBH is lowered down to deliver the, uh, the, the letter. But as he does, menacing eyes rise from the, from the depths. It's a huge, crazy sand dragon! Buy my corpse! So, haul me up! <laughs> so, like, but is the, is the mail for the dragon? Like, it's on this thing it's not in the middle clear, of this thing. Yeah. It's not clear who the people who it. live on this planet are. <laughs> it just seems like they just want these truckers to die. I mean, kind of. They definitely want to want them to test their metal as mail deliverers. They're going to be paying them a lot, you know? I guess. Yeah. So this dragon's pretty cool, man. It's got like ten tongues. It's got nose <laughs> tentacles with little eyes on them. <laughs> yeah, man. It's, uh, it's one gross-looking luck dragon. It's true. Yeah. GBH manages to get to safety. Uh, inside the ship, but the monster starts eating the ship too. Its jaws lock onto the Speedo Ghost, and it's pulled beneath the sand. Oh man, how are you yeah. going to get out of this situation? I and guess just throw a grenade in its mouth. Totally, yeah. The uh, the bee, this beast, the Titan of Peem, coils coils its massive body around the Speedo Ghost and is crushing it under the sand. So Ace has a uh, Feek toss a uh, GBH a boom ball, which is a ball of concentrated fuel who then tosses it into the maw of the monster. And then when it reaches the beast's belly, I'll tell you what's going to happen. Toto Loto! Which, like, giant explosion? Just a huge explosion through the inside of the beast, which allows the Speedo Ghost to go free, but the Titan is still alive and snapping. Yeah, it's weird. It just didn't explode. It just got all weird and bloaty. Yeah, well, it, it was like uh, it was like when a snake eats a grenade and kind of like boo, poofs up, like in a cartoon, basically. <laughs> okay, I was gonna say that's not how it works in not, real life. Not in reality. No, 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 no. When when Bugs Bunny puts a grenade in a, or a stick of dynamite in a snake's mouth, that's what I'm trying to say. That's pretty fair. Yeah, yeah. that's what it would look like. <laughs> so uh, the uh, the blah blah blah. Sorry. So. Another ship, the Lug Warrior, piloted by Attaboy Bob, uh, flies oh. in, ignores the warnings of Ace, like, whatever, Ace, <laughs> you know. Uh, it, it, and the, uh, the Titan goes up and eats Attaboy Roy, or, sorry, it, um, like, Attaboy drops one of his guys down to deliver the mail, and it's a similar situation to what happened with Ace, but this time, at the, uh, the oh. beast jumps so far up that it actually bites onto Attaboy's ship and crushes it in midair. And that just eats it in this yeah. really awesome image. Yeah, 10-10, attaboy, Bob. He's on the hot side trip now. Ten, ten. So, so it's clear the Titan's guarding the mailbox island, and it's time to get a strategy going with all the other uh, luggers that have showed up there. They all, they all, uh, first, um, Jago just says, like, all right, well, let's have a plasma party. And the first guy, horizontal, gets beaten up in the plasma party, has to go. So all three of the pilots, uh, punch him in the face. And he's like, that's not what I meant. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what happened. It's true. But so, uh, instead, he decides to have, um, 
So instead, they, they, they decided to draw lots. Yeah. Um, and the winner of the lot drawing has to go fly out. And in this case, the loser of the lot draw is Fatty Arkle. Good luck out there, Fatty. Yep. See you, bud. And, like, do what you can and all that. Uh, and then, like, Jago says some kind of, like, fucked up stuff. And uh, Ace defends Fatty Arbuckle. Yeah. He's nice to Fatty. Yeah, nice. Yeah. yeah. So it's decided that Fatty Arkle will be the decoy for the Titan. So he flies out while the rest of the guys prepare to make their uh, mail drops. Remember, Ace has Fatty's uh, letter, so he'll be dropping Fatty's uh, letter as well as his own when they make the drop. Awesome. Nice just, guy. Yeah. As a, uh, as a, just cause, but just because Ace is worried about, uh, what you call it, like uh, sabotage or problems or something. He also has GBH mm. stow away aboard Jago Kane's ship, the yellow, sh- the yellow snork. Pretty fucking fair, if you ask me. Yeah. So uh, Fatty flies in. And, you know, his ship knocks the head of the Titan and really gets his attention. He starts flying off and stuff as the other guys fly in to make their mail drops. They're repelling down as they go. Uh, uh, Jago like punches uh, Tolly, one of the other uh, uh, pilots, in the face. It's a yeah. weird string fight. Yeah, and that makes Holly drop his uh, let- his letter. Meanwhile, oh. Ace Ace in, re- in return kicks Jago and drop and, and gets his mail too. As yeah. they as they've made the mail drop, uh, the Titan gets the better of Fatty and basically just latches onto his ship and starts and reduces it basically to like just like a life pod with um, like a couple guys hanging on to it. <laughs> the it's guy not dro- great. Yeah, the guy who dropped his mail, Tolly, snags him. Um, they're both basically out of the race just because Tolly, um, you know, uh, uh, Fatty doesn't have a ship and Tolly dropped his letter so he can't like finish the third leg. So it's now it's time for the big final uh like straight away with Jago and uh, with Jago and Ace sort of you know duking it out to see who will get there first and complete the mush rush. Oh man, who's gonna be the winner guy? Come That's, back at some point. Yeah, next week <laughs> or, or next time to mush or not to mush. That is the quizzer. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty good, man. It's yeah, destruction. Fun, like just crazy um, alien action, man. Just a lot of adventuring. It's interesting how the first two legs were actually pretty, or the the second leg was so quick, like they barely even really talked about it, you know? Um, Yeah. It was more about like people fighting dirty. Yeah. Like that was sort of the, yeah, like there's sort of people are fighting dirty thing. Because the first one was like the Sun Run had a couple episodes, and this one was the big. like monster attack and stuff we're getting towards the end of the storyline i'm pretty excited about it yeah man I, i'm liking it because it's so much more lighthearted than everything else right it's now it's definitely super lighthearted in comparison to every almost everything else we're going to talk about this week <laughs> <laughs> outside so that, of i feel like like the the random small uh vignette comics you know yeah, there's some there's some good future shocks i'll say but let's let's oh, not let's not talk about what's gonna happen let's talk about what <laughs> is happening with thrill to mean arena uh, script robot alan ridgeway art robot mike white letting robot peter knight i still have to look into this but on the 2080 forums they suggested that alan ridgeway might be tom tully writing under a, a pseudonym but really? This sounds like rumors and innuendo. It's not like something that uh, that like Barney is um, 
is corroborating or anything, but I've sent a DM to uh, Steve McManus, so hopefully we'll be able to clear this up. <laughs> Listen, Steve. Listen, this buddy. You were, you were Tharg 35 years ago. Um, <laughs> was this actually something? Like, I don't know. They, they, they sort of theorized that this was also like sort of a, this was like Tom Tully sort of on his last string because there might like... You know, so much of the problems with 2008, like 2080 is always in in fear of like censors and stuff, right? Mm. Like after action, the the comic action was canceled in 76. These guys have always been really worried about sort of comics being, um, you know, publicized being too violent and too extra like in the media and stuff. Right. And, and like Tom Seems Tully. familiar. Yeah. And Tully like wrote the comic that got action canceled he did that um, Inferno comic that got 2000 AD a ton of flack with like Man. Luger dumping the gas on Giant and stuff. If you can imagine, dude, that was like almost like 200 bucks ago. <laughs> I mean, look, I'm but, not saying I'm not saying that when I when I saw that I wasn't like, oh wow, yeah, that's that's pretty fucked up. But I also wasn't thinking like, oh, this is the most violent thing I've seen. But in I mean, life. you got to remember that, like, you know, we're sort of at this point we're seeing it sort of. In its context, out of context, yeah. pretty rough. Um, and then when you also combine <laughs> that with like the fact that a couple parts of Mean Arena have been real crazy, like yes <laughs> to violent revenge kind of yeah. storylines. It is definitely painted the protagonist who is a murderer. Yes, he's like one hundred percent a murderer. Yes, 100%. As a good guy, definitely. Yeah. So you know, I could feel like they could sort of be like, "Listen, Tom, like you should just maybe stick to Roy the Rovers at this point." I mean, yeah, I I haven't heard of Roy Roy the Rovers like taking a man and having him just like visually taken apart by robots, only to be reconstructed to look like Roy. Yeah, there's definitely and way less. By, like, there's a definitely bunch way, of other people. There's definitely way less heroes taking pages from like Batman villains in Roy the Rovers. I have to imagine. <laughs> I have to imagine that that's the case. I Anyhow. imagine that Roy of the Rovers is somewhat like Archie for us, where it's just like nothing horrible really happens here. I feel like it's like a, book, yeah, it's, it's so safe. I feel like it's like Mary Worth or something. It's like a soap opera comic that's got some oh, soccer occasionally. Oh, man, know? Mary <laughs> Anyhow. Anyway, my, my let's talk shade. about something else yeah. for a while. So, Reading 2025, Fox. The game versus Slater's Slayers and the Oxford Invaders continues. We get a good look at the back-mounted howitzers that one of the invaders has. but uh, It Matt... doesn't look comfortable for one dude. That's all <laughs> no. I'm saying. Matt Town's still able to steal the ball. He makes a break for it. But he's warned that the star player of the invaders is coming up behind him. And having been burned before by the comm systems, this game talent ignores it. And then the star <laughs> player of the invaders just punches him right in the back of the head for his trouble. And then they just get into it because, like, before they were like, yeah, you know, I'm going to make sure my team isn't like the Cheatsters. Yeah. And all Talon says is like, man, I would have dodged this, but I'm just not sure about all this. And he's like, man, we're not cheating because why would we? We'd beat the shit out of you. And then they just get really pissed yeah, at each other. They just get in a big fight and then, like, the gun sounds and it's like halftime, basically. <laughs> Yeah, go cool off. Hit the showers. Yeah, they go to the night section of the game. I assume orange slices are are uh, are, are consumed. Um, <laughs> so uh, That's amazing. 
Yeah, so whatever, we take an hour break, night round begins. Uh, luckily, Slater of the Slayers has managed to track the source of the comm problems to a house in the playing area that's full of high-tech stuff. But Let's get the fuck in there. Yeah, when all they the show up... A cheap cigar. Yeah, and all the and the tech stuff, but the actual owner himself is missing. So now he's loose mm. in the play area, and Talon swears revenge. Oh, not just revenge. He walks outside of the house, tells a bunch of police officers who are there pointing guns, waiting for everything. He's like, if you guys don't find him, I will find him, and I will kill him to get the blood off of my hands. And yeah. I'm like, that doesn't make any fucking sense dude no man because he blew up that house with one of his own guys in it because of the bad comm meetings okay but also (laughs) you don't wash off blood with more blood yeah yeah that's what washes off blood more blood (laughs) don't you know anything about about vendettas folks yeah okay so he's a crazy person look you fight fire with fire you send a thief to catch a thief, and you wash uh, blood off with blood. All right. <laughs> I'm I am putting that in my lexicon of sayings now. That's that's what I learned from various like uh, uh, mid '80s spy pulp novel titles. All right. <laughs> <laughs> blood for blood. Yeah. Oh God. Anyhow. so back in the play the Slayers get the ball they move out and a mysterious figure swears to kill Matt Talon to force the footballers to leave his town in peace so hey look it's the crazy guy who's killing all the folks so Slayer JT Venner has the ball but is surrounded by invaders he ducks into a garage and he's saved by the last stick beam of Rick Rogan who cuts a hole in the wall to clear the way yeah Rick Rogan Venner catches his breath and Talon arrives and both he and Rick agree to escort Venner to the goal after Venner's a real douche about not passing. Uh, yeah, he's just basically like, well, I did all the fucking work and I'm yeah. going to score that goal because you always score it. But as Venner goes to score, a player shoots him in the arm with a vo- with a droid gun, calling <laughs> him a violator. <laughs> and that he who lives, by the, lives sword, by the sword. Yeah, dot, dot, dot. Is- it's a crazy person. <laughs> yeah. This stops play as Venner is tended to, but none of the invaders have fired their guns, so it's an unknown third party loose in the course shooting players. So they shut down the game real quick. Nah, well, for I mean, for a little bit. The police yeah. identify him as as Major Charles Lambden and a, a military man using his know-how to take down the Slayers for some reason. The team begins a sweep of the city for the soldier, but come up with nothing until Matt and Matt Town and Jigsaw Jones are looking around Oxford Road. A figure emerges from the trunk of a car. His Gun drawn, uh, and he uh, just shoots shoots Jigsaw Jones in the face, killing him. Yeah, it turns him into ash. Yep. He, t- he comes out of the trunk, his gun drawn on Talon. Things look rough, and the mean arena action will continue in Prague 258. Man, such a fucking tease. They really oh. spread this thing around, for sure. All I'm saying is, what's the under-over that Talon just kills this man now? I mean, it seems pretty high, I gotta say. Yeah, I'm not. I don't know if I'd bet against it. Like, I feel like he's just gonna kill him in some fucked up way. We'll see. I mean, he's sort of. While he was rageful when he um when he came out of that house, he sort of cooled down on his overall agenda. So maybe um he'll sort of show mercy because he's sort of trying to be less of a killer and stuff. Or maybe his this'll... words were, yeah, verbatim. 
you police better get to him before I do, yeah. or I'll use him to wipe Crash Crawford's blood off my hands. I mean, that could have been the heat of the moment. Or, I mean, there's a... Tell the, me what your heart, man. The third, uh, the, the third, um, you, man, the, the, <laughs> the third option Sorry. is that this guy is, like, being funded or some way, um, powered by the, uh, cabal of four remaining dudes that Matt Talon ha- has sworn revenge against. In which so, case, Vendetta slash, uh, Shaco rules apply. He can eat the man. That's right. <clears throat> Anyhow. <laughs> Oh God! Speaking that's it for me, Arena. Animal monsters. <laughs> only half, only two progs in Arena this week, and that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, here we go with getting to the good stuff with Thrill Three Nemesis the Warlock. So, script robot Pat Mills, art robot Jesus Redondo, lettering robot Steve Potter. Yeah, Redondo. Yeah. So Nemesis and Purity Brown head to the planet Novala for a meeting of the Cabal. It's a a former human colony now choked by jungle where all the leaders of the various alien races fighting against the humans are uh, meeting up. Nemesis, Which, you know, seems like a good place to do it. Yeah, they're cool alien guys, too. Nemesis addresses the Council of Aliens with all of its dope and talks about all of its dope uh, recent successes against the humans. <laughs> the question, Everyone's like, damn, you're so good. You're so cool, Nemesis. Uh, the question now is if it's time to continue the war uh, and exterminate the humans or try for peace. Uh, Nemesis wants peace, and his pre- but his presentation is interrupted by the news that Torquemada lives. Snap! No, yeah. everybody's supposed to be dead. Yeah, everybody freaks out, but Nemesis quells them and calls forth a witness: Zelotes of the Spider Prison Planet Colony thing. And now, currently inhabited by Torquemada. That's right. Uh, everyone. Uh, so, so Nemesis had hoped that Vol- that Z- Z- Zelotes would bring proof that um, humans can be reformed, but instead, the giant spider brings forth a chained human full of rage and anger. No, oh, they can't be contained. Yeah. I because was fooled. Of, because of this, there's only one solution to deal with these humans. Total war. So, and that's like a big thing, because Nemesis is like, hey, bros, if you vote war, I ain't in. I'm out. Yeah, he doesn't want to genocide the humans. You know, he wants to just sort of find a way to live in peace, basically. Uh, so, Brother Baruda, all chained up, spitting and violent, manages to convince the alien council that total war is against, uh, against the humans is the only choice. Much to the chagrin of Nemesis, he resigns as leader of the Cabal, and the other aliens nominate Zelotes, the spider leader, who is, of course, ne- uh, Torquemada, uh, inhabiting his, his dead body. He knows the most about the humans! He knows the human. He will kill the human. Uh, <laughs> afterwards, Purity goes to check on Baruta, uh, concerned about his behavior and that of Zelotes. In the cell, she realizes the truth that Baruta should be chained up with webs, not metal chains. This whole thing is a setup. Oh my god, he breaks his chains and then just kills two fools. Yeah, kills the guards and has a sh- starts a showdown with Purity. Meanwhile, uh, Zelotes... Mind you, all the while, he has a ball gag in his mouth. It's true. Meanwhile, Zelotes... Uh, you know, he is, is a spider zombie, of course. Uh, demands all the secret records of the Capal. You know, <laughs> give me just... Hey, you got the secrets? I should get all those because I'm the boss now. <laughs> um, they're just like, yeah, no problem. That's not weird or yeah. inconvenient for anybody. 
but now it's time for a showdown double battle. <laughs> uh, Nemesis confronts Zelotes because he's seen through his deception. Torquemada reveals himself and the fight is on as Purity and Baruta also begin an awesome sword fight. I want to mention that what I loved about this the most was there was like almost no exposition in all of the panels mm-hmm. it was just like yeah. blank fighting and it's yeah, like we've since super well yeah like, <clears throat> like we've talked about i think with previous nemesis i, I think book one was like had some parts like this too mm. where they just let badass like still images of the sword fight do the talking and it makes it for a really powerful battles i think of just these Absolutely. big pictures of people doing these sword moves and stuff it's really nice and really like sort of brings you into the action i think in an, in, in a mm. very cool way that is kind of unusual in the 2080 pages i guess yeah i um, like it a lot yeah totally so Baruta knocks out Purity as Nemesis knocks down Torquemada. The Inquisitor prepares to transfer his consciousness, but Nemesis pulls forth an Ambar Stone. Oh. A mystic rock he'll use to suck out and imprison Torquemada's soul forever. Pretty sweet. You see yeah. his soul like getting sucked into this Ambar Stone. Yeah, but he's interrupted by Baruta, who arrives with a sword to Purity Brown's throat. Oh, ne- man, Purity, really fucking this up for everybody. Mm-hmm. Nemesis uses his mental powers to cause Baruta to start to cut his own throat. <laughs> Which is really awesome. It's pretty awesome, but this distracts him from Torquemada. So Baruta and Nemesis fights as Torquemada, you know, spider Torquem- Spider-Mada, uh, wraps Purity <laughs> up in webs and then drags her up the wall. Nemesis slays Baruta, but this leads to a standoff with uh, him and Spider-Mada. Basically... <laughs> Let him go or the girl dies. Nemesis, however, decides that it's just a matter of time before the people of Earth or of Termite term, turn against Torquemada. He's on his last legs and he doesn't want Purity to die, so he just lets him go. And, you know, it's like, he is kind of a dick. Yeah. And Tor- and, and Nemesis, unlike some other uh, 2000 AD characters, know it's important to be to uh, keep the moral high ground from your enemies. <laughs> so... <laughs> he he Maybe lets Torquemada go. That's right. Torquemada uh, evaporates away in a cloud of gross organs and stuff, just in a big meat cloud. <laughs> um, afterwards, the Cabal members apologize to Nemesis, and he laments that the war must go on. His next step is to return home to see his family, as he worries they are in danger. And that's the end of Nemesis Book 2. Man, I can't wait for book three. Nemesis book three will return in 1983. Oh, what the fuck? Actually, both Nemesis and Strontium Dog will return in the same prog in fall of 1983. So get oh, stoked for that. Oh, man. I'm, that's great. That's real great. I hope they stay for like two years after that. It's great, but, you know, keep in mind that that's like a year and six months away from where we are right now. How does Ascara then draw both Judge Dredd and... I think by yeah, then... He must take a break. He, yeah, he moves on to other uh, uh, things. You know, he's real busy with Dredd right now, but I think he's sort of, you know... As the year goes by, as the years go by, other people get more cracks at it and stuff, you know. Once you get into 300, you know, I feel like Ascara's real big in these, like, you know, late... In these late 250s or, or late 200s, mm. you know. But around 300, more people start getting the, get, getting the call, you know. Oh, God, he's doing fucking the human's work on Apocalypse War. Hey, let's not get to it now, because first we got to do non-thrills, covers, and nerve center. So, as I said to you before this began, man, mm-hmm. 
no fucking sweet ass bike makes the noise pazoo when it shoots at, <laughs> out its laser thing. And yeah. in Prog uh, 254, God, Lawmaster. Yeah, it's Lawmaster versus Rad Sweeper, and I don't aim to lose. It's a, yeah, a scared, uh, drunk dread in a rad suit on his Lawmaster shooting tanks with that pazoo sound, which is the sound that the central laser gun of the, uh, of the Lawmaster bike makes. I just, pazoo? Pazoo. <laughs> it just sounds fun. It doesn't sound serious. That's fair. Yeah. Although it seems like it is, in fact, an incredibly powerful laser beam. <laughs> I'm not doubting that. I'm just, you know, Pazoo. Yeah. In the nerve center, a mighty Thargawar. <laughs> it's so cute and so well done. It's a Thargawar. Yeah, it's a, ja- it's a Jaguar with a uh, Tharg head. Yeah. Jaguar is, of course, British of good for Jaguar. <laughs> um, in the nerve center, he warns us about a dangerous thrill s- uh, circuit shortage, so beware. Then letters complain about uh, the change in art for Nemesis, spew out a bunch of, C- of CB gibberish, and ask if uh, 2080 is okay with female readers. It sure is. <laughs> Dude. And then uh, this prog ends with a big pinup by Kev O'Neill of a Terminator warrior. And I think it's okay, yeah. but like it's all yellow. It doesn't have a lot of detailed coloring, and I think that takes away from it a little bit. To be uh, it's just, yeah, it's just a little, a lot of it's like super overkill. We've seen some really cool detailed ones yeah. from. Uh, well, it's still super one. intricate. It's just that the fact that it's all yellow just makes him look like a big banana warrior instead of like, you know. <laughs> Like an actual thing, Banana I guess. Warriors. Yeah. Fatten uh, potassium deficiency. <laughs> I don't know. It's, yeah. it's all I got, Conrad. Fair enough. 255 in Gibson draws GBH, almost being eaten by the uh, Titan of, uh, of uh, Preem or, or Peem. Pretty cool. Hold me up, Ace. In the Nerve Center, Tharg informs us that the government has designated uh, 1982 the Year of Information Technology, which I thought was pretty funny. Huh. Um, I couldn't find a ton of stuff about 1982 being the year of IT, but I was able to find a cool set of uh, 1982 IT stamps, Fox, for your stamp collection. Oh, what? <laughs> no. Yeah. You're going to have a governmental year. you got to have a set of stamps for it to sell at the post office, obviously. Obviously. Oh, God. Uh <laughs> It doesn't Let- make any fucking sense. <laughs> Letters involve uh, weird English nicknames. Um, mums throwing out 2080 back issues, as they want to do. What? And an art teacher complimenting the quality of 2080. Listen, your 2080 back issues, if you had any, aren't going to appreciate in value unless mums throw out everyone else's copies, Fox. That's just That's the circle pretty of life. Fair. <laughs> that's pretty fair just so be glad that pe- other people's parents just trash their stuff yeah it's predicated on mom on mom's proactively cleaning out addicts damn just like how also, Marvel, just like how american com- comics rely on moms you know yeah <laughs> banning your comic books yeah uh also side note the mecon is coming in eagle that's right Getting i'm a- stoked for fucking dan dare with the shittiest part of Dan Dare. Oh, come on, buddy. I'm going to talk about it here, though. In 250, yeah, in 256, Judge Dredd is leading the charge. The East Megs are behind us. Get out while you can. With a scare so awesome. drawing some snowy action. Beware the stub gun. <laughs> Dude, stub gun. Yo. I love in, that thing. Uh, in the Nerf Center, Ignance Tharg uh, That's so great. It's really good. <laughs> totally. So good turnaround on that. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, there's a picture. Yeah. So the scrawn is drawn by an artist named Gordon Miller. And I Google the names of, of the people who do these artists sometimes. And for what I can tell, uh, this Gordon Miller is now a maven of Scottish street style. Oh, wow. <laughs> like interviewed by like style websites and stuff. Anyhow. <laughs> That's awesome. So letters list places with similar names to 2080 words. It's like a Borag Thung or Island somewhere. A reader suggests a con- a concept of a continent spanning Euro City, which we've talked about before, and another requests uh, more early years stories for 2080 characters. Hmm. Mid Prague, there's a full there's a full page ad for the new Eagle comic, which has just uh. come out this month in March '82, featuring Dan Dare and the Mekon, of course. Um, the thing that's interesting, I think, about this new Eagle comic, Fox, is that it's um, there's a like most of the stories aren't actually drawn; they're um, done by taking oh. photographs and then putting like word bubbles on the photos, like we saw for a couple Tharg stories and like mm. annuals and stuff. So mm. they've got like an alien invasion story with one, a kids playing soccer one, like a a post apocalyptic one. I think pretty that's pretty neat. That's called um, like King of the King in the Tap, like or no the uh, the Tower King about this guy in post apocalyptic London out of the Tower of London who sort of like fights people and stuff. Yeah. Um, if that sounds interesting, then I would suggest our listeners check out the uh, Where Eagles Dare podcast. Which um, oh. is started by our, by by uh, friends of the show from the Sofa Geddon podcast uh, l- last November, and are basically working their way through the New Eagle uh, 2080 style month through month. Oh wow, that's cool. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a approved uh, sister show, whatever. <laughs> I, yeah. But I've listened to a bu- to a couple episodes. I've, sorry, I've listened. To, I'm like a subscriber. I listen to every one, uh, and it's and it's fantastic. Highly recommended. And also, this eagle first issue gets a free space spinner fucking yeah. ripoff. Well, I'll say that it's a gray space spinner, not a red space spinner, so it's slightly Ooh. different. Yeah, you got to think about it. <laughs> Ours is faster because it's colored red. Uh, that is what the orcs in Warhammer 40k say. <laughs> truth, man. Midprog, there's a second set of reader hyper art. There's some good ones. I love this. But Dean Barry Winged of Warrior. South Kirkby's Winged Warrior is the best by far. Dude, so fucking sick. You are a good drawer. Yeah, D- Dean Barry, absolutely. Um, at the end of the prog, there's a very Han Solo-looking Sam Slade and Britsit, and Robo Hunter will return in April 82, which is our next prog episode. Yeah. Get ready. So, 257, stay where you are, Nemesis, or the girl dies! With Redondo drawing the final showdown between Nemesis and the spider Torquemada. <laughs> and I didn't realize that Nemesis was so blue and his cape so red. Yeah, he's got kind of a steel-like kind of body, I guess. Or I don't know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, in the nerve center, Tharg the Space Invader assures us that the next book of Nemesis the Warlock so will be here soon. ridiculous. That is not true. It'll be here in like 18 months. <laughs> Uh, letters for a picture of Tharg, or re- requests a picture of Tharg for charity, and readers are very, very pro 2000 AD, and there's a picture of a dope Egyptian starship. Yeah, head of a bull, and it's like it's like if uh, G.I. Joe were sent to ancient Egypt. Absolutely, yeah, it's got cool, like, a uh, big pharaoh head on top and stuff. Yeah, it's what you man. want, you know? Yep. If you if you're an Egyptian deity from space, or if you're uh, a 1980s cartoon set in space but with Egyptian gods for whatever reason, think oh, like yeah. uh, like mummies alive like, but in space, dude. Like mummies okay, alive, so mummies times alive. Starhawks. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say uh, Brave Star. Ooh, that's good too. Yes, 
Dude, I fucking love Brave Star for a short-lived show. Man, like normally I'd say like uh, like everyone who listens to a podcast is too young to get these references, but no, I feel like our listeners will get these references. <laughs> God, Brave, Brave Star, Brave Star. Anyway. This prog this ends with the start of a bunch of crazy-ass Weedabix ads. <laughs> Oh like God! Five weird, like anthropomorphic Weedabix, and they're all dressed like you know they got like the the white shirts, jeans, and suspenders that I associate with like skinheads, basically, <laughs> like early really? skinheads and stuff. And then like uh, like in the in the in the uh, apparently in the TV show in the, in the TV commercial version of these, the the lead Weedabix was named was voiced by Bob Hoskins. Oh. And Weedabix in general are just very mysterious to me. I feel like as an American, I guess they're sort of like that same thing as uh, what we have for uh, for shredded wheat, where it's pot, where they're just real. You get really big pieces for your breakfast thing. You got to like <laughs> break them up to eat them. And I don't know if I like I that. Just, yeah, it's like philosophical. Like yeah. Now it's time to get. And now it's time to get real, Fox. Get extremely real with. Get so real. So real with Thrill Four Judge Dread. Oh my god. Uh, cold open to a horrible scene. Yeah. So first uh, John Wagner and Alan Grant as T B Grover as a script robot, art robot calls the scare letting robot Tom Frame. So Tom Frame Boom 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 boom. Oh yeah. A mass of refugees are making their way through the ruins. Of the north set of the north sectors of Mega City One, when they come under the guns of giant Soviet Sov Rad sweep, Sweeper tanks, they're like crushing people, man. Mm-hmm. But in turn, these tanks are met by judges on lawmasters and red radiation suits. The powerful Ooh. central guns of their lawmasters taking down the tanks. Uh, some of the attacking judges are hit, and Dredd takes out two tanks on his own, one with a well-timed hand bomb, the other by having his bike ram into the tank exploding. This is really... I mean, we've seen it before, but I just love how Dredd shouts out the weapons he's using as he uses them, you know? <laughs> hand bomb! <laughs> no, of course, man. How are you going to really feel the power of that hand bomb if you don't tell them mm-hmm. hand bomb? Yeah. The tanks are destroyed, but the citizens aren't saved, Fox. They've wandered into a radiated zone and are currently suffering from the extreme radiation poisoning. Yeah, you ain't gonna live long, man. Dread and the other judges mercy kill them and move on. (laughs) Jesus. uh, It was really fucked up, because I don't know if it's like mercy killing... Because, uh, kind of, they're like, nothing's worse than a slow death from rad poison. Yeah. Don't leave us like this. Please help us. Request granted. And they just shoot the crowd. That's right. I'm like, oh, God. Like, it's a war, man. We got to, you know, uh, we got to really? cut your losses for to save more people, you know? Like, they're not going to. I mean, like, they're not going to hurt anybody. They just die super slow. I, I don't yeah, know. But it's, it's just the- like, once again, Mega City 1 sucks. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, so they the judges move on. It's really hard to organize a resistance, especially in the thick snow now falling on the city. Dread meets up with a bunch of city defense units and gives them a mission. We've got to cut off the northern sectors of the city from the rest of the city to stop the Sov advance. Oof. So the uh, the Sov forces are dropping hypno leaflets. 
Oh, this was so great. Which is basically like, you know. Greetings, friend. Greetings, friend. Like, you know, we're used to seeing leaflet campaigns and a lot of things just as sort of a psyop stuff. Even like, whatever, Fiends of the Eastern Front had leaflet droppings letting the uh, the vampires know that they weren't on the, that they weren't on the Russian, on the uh, German side anymore. But in this this one, it's got the the, uh, Sovsit war leader. Uh, like, like saying, like you, we're your friends, and then it's like hip sends hypnotic rays at their brains, making them like <laughs> try to surrender to uh, rad sweeper tanks, only to get gunned down. It's crazy, dude. It's uh, they're just pulling out all the stuff. I for them saying that they didn't want to kill everybody, you know, <laughs> they don't want to kill everybody. I guess it's yeah, the, like one or two it. people alive is fine. Yeah. Uh, but all this stuff doesn't deter the the ruthless guerrilla tactics of Judge Dredd, as he was orders to blow up the bridges even as they're swarmed by brainwashed civilians. Oh God! The judges—it's really and, horrible. Yeah, it's terrible, man. The judges and city death forces are cutting off the solve advance, even as civilian refugees make their way south on the city bottom. Along the way, uh, Walter and Mawia are desperately looking for Judge Dwed. Um, which a block you with? I punch you face. <laughs> God, Maria. You're she's still the last. Around. She's the last sufferer of block mania, man. The yeah, fighting's rough. Fair. Yeah, the, it's true. Yeah, the fighting's pretty rough with close air support by East Meg Strato V's. Suddenly, but suddenly, Judge Perrier shows up with a shipment of stub guns. Which, I mean, don't make people... They don't turn people's limbs into stubs. They just cut things in half. I feel like they could make the cut limbs into stubs if they wanted to. They just are aiming at harder targets. Maybe <laughs> it got its name because they turned some people into stublins. Definitely possible. Yeah, they're the most devastating handheld weapon ever invented, though they do have an annoying tendency to overheat and explode. I mean, you know, then just don't... Just don't use it as much. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, seriously. They're extremely risky, but desperate times calls for desperate measures as Dredd levels his stub gun at the nearby Strato V. Oh, and man, and what d- happens is awesome. Yeah, stub gun. Oh, yeah, they work. <laughs> they they hand out the guns, and it's time to start blowing shit up. <laughs> Meanwhile, at Mad Dog Kazan's HQ, uh, he's... He learns that the resistance is heating up, but that's just as he planned. Because while Dread is securing the uh, Dantana Expressway, the final uh, road to the southern sectors of the city, uh, he is going to uh, uh, Kazan is going to land reinforcements to squeeze Dread from the other side. Oh man, he just he ah, you're so you're right that a good villain is the kind that will just choke out one of his own dudes. Yeah. Well, he doesn't actually kill this one. He just sort of chokes him to show an example of how the chokes, choking theory I, works. So I don't think it was like an example for him. I think that man just really wanted to choke somebody at the moment. Definitely. Yes. So Kazan's dropping troops. Luckily, uh, Walter uh, recognizes that the, the troops dropping as the snow stops and a massive heat wave rolls over the city. Walter warns Dwed of the incoming threat. <laughs> and so Dred sends most oh, of the troops out to go stop the incursion by these Sovs as the stub gunners remain to continue the assault on the Tana Expressway, even as a couple guys are lost just to s- straight up to overheating stub guns. Blow them down. Oh, God. And getting wiped up by fireballs. It's like, it's such a crazy amount of deaths 
Like it's like there are four or five hit squads for this shit, and yeah. like they're blown up left and right, man. Yeah, it seems like the way they have it is sort of like you know one guy's got a stub gun and a couple other guys have like their regular guns just to sort of support him and stuff like that. But when yeah. the stub gun blows up, it takes them all out basically. So these stub gunners continue taking down roadways on the Dantana Junction, which is this giant, like central beam with like a whole curly queue of rows all around it. As the corkscrew nightmare. Absolutely. As the Sov troops advance, the teams are in trouble, uh, getting hit by airstrikes and attacked by centoid wardrobe droids, as well as their own overheating weapons. God, still getting exploded. Yeah. The central expressway is cut. The central pillar of the expressway is cut, but like the curly queue of roads themselves keep the road system standing. Dread leads the final surviving stub squad against the roadway, cutting roads and taking down tanks as they come. His gun's overheating and things are looking real bad, but finally Judge Suster makes the ultimate Man. sacrifice. He it's le- so badass. It's super awesome, dude. He jumps from a high overpass as he falls like the two miles down, basically, to the, to the surface of Mega City 1. As he falls, he cuts the roadways with his stub gun as he goes, shouting, For freedom! For justice! For Mega City 1! He smashes into the pavement as his gun overheats, but he's, he's been successful, and the junction begins to crumble. The Sovs are stuck in the north quadrant of the city. Next time, flight from Dantana. So goddamn (laughs) man. man. Ah. (laughs) It's so tense, but I love these little victories they're given dread as the larger just sort of Sov war machine just sort of rolls through the city and stuff. I just like, from like grim dark. Judge Shred is not a nice guy to like these this other judge just like throwing his life away to the yeah. evil that is like God, this war commander that they've put in charge of this is yeah, just Kazan. like destroying it's just destroying everything. Like it's so great mm-hmm. and fucking the art's so great and everything's just so great. It's like really horrible. Totally. It's all horrible. <laughs> It's all so horrible. Like, this place that I've been just, like, hanging out and watching, like, you remember when that guy was trying to kill Judge's sun gun, and then, yeah. like... Set him to the sun. They went to a smoke shop, and, like, things were goofy for a minute, and, like... Do you remember, oh, yeah, yeah, where, where Dredd pretended to be a uh, cigar store Indian? Yeah. You remember You remember Max Normal playing Shuggy? Fuck. Yeah. Like, that's the same place... Yeah, where Max Normal, uh, his uh, shuggy playing uh, habits make him immune to the block mania virus so that they can figure out what's going on. Oh, that's you know? right. It's bringing He's it all just, back. He just likes to clean himself with spray instead of yeah. uh, water. But that's what I love about block about um, of the Apocalypse War and block mania is just that they're, they've taken like the last five years of, of, of all this 2000 AD stuff and they're really just bringing everything back. To sort of come to bear, you know, they brought back Judge Giant. Um, they're gonna, you know, Anderson and Hershey are gonna show up soon. I promise. Um, Thank Christ. Like, there's just a lot of this stuff going on, and it's um, it's so good, and it's just, you know, it remains, and it's just a really awesome story that really just sort of uses this character of Mega City One, and then all the other Judge Dread stuff we've been building for the last, you know, since 1977, basically. Oh man. Real good. I just, I just like, I mean, I've said it for the last, 
couple of episodes. It's just yeah. like I'm so on board with this. Totally. Like series of Judge Dredd. Like I, <laughs> this one's really commanding attention and just it's so Definitely. horrible. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Okay, here we go with the next thing, Fox. It's through five future shocks. Um God. Are Why we putting you? in like the double decker brain? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm tossing Abelard in, in, in here as well. Good. So first off, it's the multi-story mind mellows out. Uh, script robot oh, Alan Moore, art robot Paul Neary, letting robot Tony Jacob. Abelard snares. So Alan Moore. <laughs> the man with the double-decker brain. He's a genius. So, Fox, we last left Abelard Snaz, um, doomed by Zeus to solve a giant Rubik's Cube. Apparently, mm. he's been at it for the last six million years. He's only got one <laughs> more turn to go, and it'll be done. Does, is he just living forever now? I guess he's just because he's cursed to do it, he lives forever. Just like, you know, because he's like Sisyphus, you know? Sisyphus is sort of doomed to move the rock around, and he does it forever. You know that stuff. Yeah, that's really fair. Yeah, but so, uh, you know, a pair of space hippies have arrived on a time machine to save him. And weirdly enough, Abelard Snaz looks like Alan Moore now. Yeah, he's, well, he's been working on it for six million years. He's got a big old beard, a lot of hair and stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> these space hippies are from a group called Amnesty Intergalactic. And Get now it? he's hanging out on Space Hippie World. Everybody's jogging. There's a giant jacuzzi, lots of technological stuff. Uh, Snaz contemplates giving up inventing to take up tennis, but wait a minute. <laughs> Instead of playing tennis, let's build giant robot tennis players for fun. And then everyone can watch the giant tennis players play. Yeah. The space hippies agree and Snaz gets going. He saves time in spite. Instead of teaching the robots tennis, he just imports the memories of a 20th century tennis star. Uh, but oh man, looks like he imported those, the personality of John McEnroe because now the robot tennis players are getting all aggro and wrecking up the stadium after a bad call. Yeah, they're just destroying the shit out of it, killing the people. Jog for your life. Dude, Everyone... that that was so great. That was so jog for your life. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, big jogging thing, you know. So uh, every all the space hippies immediately turn on Snaz. They are not pleased with this. They throw him bodily into the whirlpool of the city's giant jacuzzi. He disappears under the waves. Could this be the end of Abelard Snaz? Nah, probably Abelard not. Snaz w- will return in 1983. <laughs> <laughs> So, next up, it's Voyage of Discovery. Script robot Chris Stevens, art robot Eric Bradbury, letting robot uh, Tony Jacob. A lot of setup here, Fox. Three and a half pages for a tiny punchline. Basically, yeah. It's not great. There's a black hole approaching. Uh, It's going to destroy everything. Family on vacation gets sucked in first and survives the experience. Inside the black hole, they meet another family, and I guess they're both marine biologists or something. But basically, you know, the black hole, it's a giant space whale. (laughs) That's just so much talk for so little rock. Luckily, Tharg shows up later to save the day with his uh, cosmic fishing hook, but that's a story for another day. Really? Yeah, that's that's a, that's the prologue. That's or, or or that's how it ends. Like Tharg opens it up by explaining what a black hole is, and then ends it by saying, "Like, luckily I showed up. You know, uh, I'm Tharg." Okay. <laughs> so, dingus. Next up is Joe Black's Big Bunko. 
Oh, God. Script robot Kelvin Gosnell. Art robot John Higgins. Letting robot Bill Nuttall. So our buddy Joe Black, he's in trouble at work. I love this. He's come back without results. and he, He's got to come back from his next job with results and with no excuses. He lands on a pretty solid-looking planet, but as he does, another surveillian alien, or a, another surveyor from an alien civilization shows up. There's all these weird balloons floating around in the air. Yeah, that's just the weird alien planet stuff. But so this alien starts to do first contact protocols on Joe. Joe (laughs) reveals that he is also from an advanced alien race, and they're both, and he's here to claim the planet also. They're basically both there to loot its minerals. Well, basically, yeah. Joe claims it for claims this land for uh, England. The other guy claims it for Spain, essentially. So yep. to figure out who gets the final claim, they start to have a squabble, and that leads to a knockdown drag-out fight. They kick the crap out of each other, but eventually mm. the alien reveals his problem. He's also a scout for his planet survey service, and he's got to fill a quota, just like Joe. So yep. the two of them realize they can solve each other's problems and basically agree to work together. They each download like the history and all the uh, data and language and stuff from each other's civilizations. They basically <laughs> copy each other's versions of Wikipedia or whatever, and then take them back to their home That's worlds horrible. for a big payday. You know, it's like, hey, I found all this stuff. They're like, I can't believe you learned all this, all this information, like on your uh, on your trip on on like one survey mission. He's like, yeah, you know, just lucky, I guess. It's like it, it only took you a month. Yeah, yeah, really good. Yeah, the other guy gets his payout. <laughs> it's fucking great. I mean, yeah. again, like this woman is upset at this guy in not unfounded way. Yeah, so I, I don't know. No, you know, Joe. Joe messes up a fair amount. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Joe's but not so, exactly a savior character. It's true, and unfortunately, or I don't know, I like Joe Black a lot, but this is the final Joe Black adventure, Fox. Really? Yeah, this is it. But he's not bad. At least it's in like, the uh, in he's the main like a prize. Viet, not Abelard Snaz. Yeah, I mean, you know, he kind of had his own thing going. But yeah, no, now he's moving on to greener pastures beyond the progs, I guess. Good luck out there, Star Scout. That's what I say. I loved it. Like, they were always weird and about a yeah. dude trying to get rich quick. Definitely. All right. <laughs> yeah, well, what's too bad. Gotten, you know? Uh, read Wages of Sin, which is great. <laughs> Wages of Sin, script robot Alan Moore. Art robot Brian Talbot, lettering robot Tony Jacob. So this is the first appearance of a Tony of a Brian Talbot on the show. I think he'll do mm. a bunch of Nemesis art in like the four hundreds, and okay. Um, but this week he's drawing another Alan Moore Future Shock or another Future Job, I should say. At first narrated by Tharg, a uh, <laughs> a down on his luck schlub gives a testimonial for the famous villains school where they teach you to be a Ming the Merciless style like science fiction space opera villain essentially it's there are some really great pieces in here man yeah you you learn evilness you get a sweet wardrobe um, and cosmetic mm. upgrades like scars and metal arms and stuff um, you get lessons Shoot, in evil this- cackling <laughs> <laughs> the starved rat in the treadmill generates enough power to fire the laser, which severs the cord, holding the glass jar full of vampire bees. The jar falls and smashes, releasing the bees, who begin to eat through the blood-stained rope, suspending <laughs> the hero above yeah. the giant sausage mincer. Has everybody yeah. got that? Yeah, it's just a uh, you That's know great. they got 
They gotta train you, yeah, to leave your to leave the hero in an easily escapable trap so you can be caught. You know, it's very. It's actually a very sort oh, of so do, like like Doctor Evil kind of thing where they sort of like train yeah. you to be kind of incompetent so that the heroes can triumph and stuff. Like that's just part of the job, essentially. It's so great. Yeah. He gets a giant claw and a cool scar. It's true. Yeah, so basically, you know, you do some tune-up evil overlording, but eventually you uh, become one in your own right, and you just, mm -hmm. you know, have a great time until the peasants finally overthrow you and so forth. But, you know, that's part of the game. This yeah, is just, man. Yeah, this is a great, like, you know, like, theoretically groundbreaking when Austin Powers did it in, like, the 90s. So they see it here as just sort of making fun of all these tropes of, like, uh, serial villains and stuff like that I thought was really fun. And like I just love that his name was Anthrax Ghoul Shadow. Definitely. They give you an evil name. It's awesome. It's just <laughs> super dark double bad. Definitely. Oh, man. What are we up to next? Why, it's Thrill 6 Rogue Trooper. Now, uh, oh wait, you should credit card. God damn it, I keep <laughs> doing this. <laughs> yeah, no, no problem. Yeah, so script robot Jerry Finley Day, art robot Mike Dory, letting robot Bill Nuttall. Cold open, satellite, exterior, interior shot, round table, mini Nort uh, representatives talking about bullshit. Mm-hmm. It's time to do something about this rogue trooper, they say. Um, he's, you know, I mean, sure, he's killed dudes and whatever, but the most important thing is that he's a huge propaganda victory for the Southers. <laughs> yeah, you know, man. As he continues to kill our guys, the Southers begin to build morale and think they might even be able to win this war. Unacceptable. Oh, man. All of this from aboard the satellite base, Volter 1. <laughs> I'm just, you know, he's saving, like... A handful of dudes at a time that we've seen. I, yeah. It's not like he's, like, won massive victories. I guess it's like, whatever. Yeah, it's all just accumulated. Yeah. I mean, that's what the guy's saying, is that it's not like he's turning the tide of the war based on his actions, but he does keep, you know, he becomes a folktale, you know, or like a, a, mm. a legend that's bigger than, he, than his own individual actions are. So let's take all our resources and try to kill a legend. That's right. <laughs> that seems... Like, overkill, man. Nah, man. Whatever. Once, once you get killed by a bunch of eight men, it's all over for you. So, oh, uh, <laughs> man, we're going to get to that, and it's going to be so stupid and good. So they start a planet-wide manhunt to find a rogue. Um, they Eventually, he's found in a deserted, petrified forest that's just been bombed out, and the trees sort of turned to stone almost or something. Um, it's full of long-term Nort snipers that Rogue quickly dispatches. But the activity of this draws the attention of Nort High Command, who dispatch their own genetically engineered super soldier soldiers to take <laughs> out Rogue and the Chips, a company of violent ape men. Oh man, uh, go get them! Like a barely understood uh, group of howling weird monkey gong, people. Gong, 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 gong. Yeah, so <laughs> in the forest, a squad of regular Nort troopers falls upon Rogue, but quick thinking and a handy electro flare takes them out quickly. Oh, um, God. But this, you know, basically Rogue and the Chips are getting a little worried about this sudden uptick in North aggression against them, and not without cause, as again, yes, the ape men are preparing to assault. <laughs> 
They're, they're repelling into the forest. Yeah, dropped out of ropes by spaceships. Second time that someone's repelled out of a out of a spaceship this week. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, they're they're armed with rifles and they're wearing striped pajamas. And the uh, Nort guys call them like monsters as they go. They are not treating these guys very well. Yeah, man, it's not great. Yeah, Rogue beds down for the night, setting up the chips to defend him, but they get overconfident, and the silent moves of the eight men allow them to sneak in and snag both Gunner and Bagman. Rogue awakens to find himself surrounded by the angry ape men. Oh, hell indeed. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, 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 Kong. Rogue is cornered by the ape men. They've taken Gunner and Bagman, and now they're after him. Until he deploys his dreaded helmet attack. It's really a signature move for him is just slapping some dudes in the face with that helmet. Well, I mean, when your helmet is one of the characters, you got to figure out a way to get him involved in the thing. I mean, that's, that's the pretty... if there's one if there's one weakness of helm, it's that he's a way he's way more passive than the other two chips. You know what I mean? Yeah. He kind of does sensor stuff, but it's not like he can like throw grenades or shoot people. You know what I mean? <laughs> No. Yeah. You I guess he can't throws. just throw grenades. That'd be cool, though. Grenade throwing hat. I'd wear it. Cool. I'd wear it too, man. <laughs> so, uh, Rogue escapes into the petrified forest as the eight men come after him. There's some good moments where they like try to use Gunner and Bagman against Rogue, but they like warn him about what's coming, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, eventually, Rogue is surrounded by the eight men, and he pulls the oldest trick in the book, which is to challenge their leader to single combat. Or maybe that's the the second oldest trick in the book, I guess. Because the actual first oldest trick is to wear the is to sneak is to beat somebody up and take his clothes and then sneak in wearing the beat up guy's clothes. So the third one is the one where you act like someone's sick and you're in a jail cell. Ooh, yes, yes, that's definitely trick. Okay, we gotta we gotta formalize this at some point. Uh, <laughs> Just the codex of like how people get out of situations. What the order of the oldest tricks are. So, yeah, man. With the help, so uh, with the help of a hanging oxygen tube from one of those dead long-term snipers, Rogue is able to defeat the leader, and the other eight men salute him. With uh, Gunner and Bagman returned, Bagman's able to translate the eight men languages. It turns out that they hate the Nort, but there's a shuttle. There's the, they hate the Norts, and there's a shuttle on the way to collect the body of Rogue Trooper, so they'll help him out or whatever. Like, hey, you beat up our boss. It uh, makes you cool. But yeah. I'll fuck. We're the Norts. We're just going to gas the shit out of them. Yeah, we just don't really like our job. Can you help us out? Before they start gassing yeah. us. And Rogue's like, whoa, gas. <laughs> so the Norts shuttle arrives. Yeah, great. Yeah. The, 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 the Norts shuttle arrives to pick up the ape men and the body of Rogue. Uh, Rogue tells the apes not respond. And in retaliation, the Norts saturate the area with knockout gas. Rogue stops the flow of gas by shooting down the shuttles, but before he can help the apes, uh, their former leader, Kong, has awoken um, from the beating he took last Prague, so, and he's got Gunner, and tries to shoot Rogue, but the weapon doesn't fire, thinking the weapon so is what do jammed. You do? The ape man does what you naturally do, which is look down the barrel of the gun, which gunner who can fire himself then shoots and just shoots that guy right in the right in the eye. I assume <laughs> he's dead now. No one he's pulls gunner's anymore. no one pulls gunner's trigger without permission, buddy. Except yeah, that, for that time that he was doing that. Don't think about it too much. Uh, 
All right. So Rogue has the eight men move to a different part of the forest, then runs out the opposite end, throwing the north off the scent. The eight men will live in the forest now, and even though Rogue is gone, he is not forgotten. Yeah, they type in Rog everywhere. Type yeah. in, Jesus Christ. Carve, Scratch Rog yeah. into, like, wood everywhere. It's a sweet ending to a weird fucking rogue trooper. That yeah, was I thought weird. This, I thought this was a nice one. Like, you know, it's basic. like, it ends with guys being free from the Norts and, like, having to be able to live it up and not just be, like, oppressed, genetically engineered super soldiers and stuff. <laughs> Living it up on a super poisoned planet where no flora and fauna are anywhere. And, but I maybe mean, they've been engineered sentence. to figure it out, you know? At least they're free. Um, At least they're free, I mean, Fox. <laughs> that's, that's fair, I guess. I'm just saying, like, you know, daily banana rations ain't a horrible thing. Look, I'm just saying that every one of these rogue stories otherwise ends with like, yeah, it's bad, but what do you expect? It's war. And this was yeah, like, God. was like, yeah, like, you know, these guys aren't forgotten, won't forget about rogue. They're cool ape dudes trying to live their best life, you know? That's pretty fair. I mean, I just, I'm just generally, my sentiment is anti-ape man. Dude, they're cool ape dudes trying to live their best life, not unlike you and me. <laughs> I'm not saying they're second-class citizens. I'm just saying that I wouldn't, you know, want to, like, share an apartment with one. I disagree. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think of all the cool swinging around he'd do. Yes. Next time, more Rogue Trooper action. And that's it for, th- for, for Thrills this month, Fox. So now the question remains. What were your top and bottom thrills of this March 1982? Man, oh, man. So... Uh, it's rough, but, I mean, clearly it goes to Mean Arena. I mean, if you're going to only have two issues that you're going to be in and you're just just delivering on such strength of, uh, of hatred and massacre. No, nah, man, it goes to fucking Judge Dredd. It was great. Judge Dredd was horrible and it made me feel sad things inside. And then it, like, killed a bunch of people and then there was some Wait. self-sacrifice. So, so Dredge your top? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, no, Dredge. Okay. Dredge. I, was, I was being completely facetious about me. Oh, I it see. It did not blow me out of the you water. You threw me off the case. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, man, it's Judge Dredd's great. It's so yeah, fucking buddy. good. But I, I want to give special mention in a big way, because we were talking about this a bit. Like, Ace Trucking, you're really, you're really making me not feel sad when I open up this comic. <laughs> And I'm, and I'm not saying that, like, these other stories aren't great, but, God, you're silly, and it's, you know. Yeah. Sometimes I just want to laugh a little bit, so, you know. Definitely. You I go. think, I think you know, I think Hunter is going to help out with that, too, uh, when it comes back ne- next month, of just yeah, exactly. helping, helping to be a relief from um, Judge Dredd and Rogue Trooper being real serious all the time. I mean, the only thing, the reason that Nemesis isn't competing with this shit is that he, like his books are so short-lived. So mm-hmm. sparse. Yeah, they're way less oppressive uh, than some of the other ones, than these more regular ones. And, like, goddamn the Apocalypse War. Just want to hug you and tell radiation burns away. For bottom <laughs> man, I don't know. I guess, like, I'm not going to say future shocks. I'm not gonna say Mean Arena. It was only there for two of them. I mm-hmm. like. I guess Rogue Trooper, but like, no. I'll just say Future Shocks. Fuck it. Like, I, I don't. Okay. I didn't really care about them. I mean, they were they were great. Like, two of them I really loved a lot, actually. But yeah, so I can't give it to Rogue Trooper. Rogue Trooper was good. It was like cute near the end. Man, that's hard. This one's a hard. Fuck month. saying bottom. F you. F you and his <laughs> and the system. 
I ain't this, a part of this. This this uh this this rating system that we've decided to choose that, that we've chosen to do. <laughs> yeah, this this rating system that we both were like, hey, this is actually a great idea. Yeah, fuck it, man. Uh yeah, so so uh how about how about you, Conrad? Just I never thought things this. would actually be good. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, it's horrible. I wanted yeah. bad things. So I'm gonna say for my bottom, I agree. This was a real good month. Um, I really liked like a lot of the future shocks were really good. Like Avalon yeah. Snaz, Joe Black, that uh, Alan Moore um, supervillain one. Those are mm. good ones. The whale one wasn't very good. I'm not going to lie to you <laughs> and say that they were all good. Um, but most of them were, 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 were quite good. And so I can't sort of choose that one. Um, I gotta, I'm going to put my bottom as a nemesis. Just because I think that's pretty fair. Just because, like, I mean, it's not that I don't love the showdown, the sword fight, and that shit's awesome. Um, but it's a pretty similar end to the Nemesis book one, and I would also like to punish it for being for not being here for eighteen more months. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So we're gonna well, get. You know. we, God, yeah. Though there will be some Nemesis stuff in, or the, the, there will be some pretty good Nemesis stuff, I should actually say, in um, like the annuals and special, and in, in, in the annual and the special this year. Um, mm. So you know we're, it, we're not going to be completely Nemesis lists or Strontium Dog lists, I, I should mention, but it is mostly just going to be in those. But yeah, so I'm going to say Nemesis for my bottom. Just would have liked to see some neat, some new. You know, this one doesn't feel like the story, or the second half doesn't feel like it moves the story a ton, but I'm just anxious to get to the next part of Nemesis for sure. Um, and then oh, my yeah. top, man, it's Judge Dredd, buddy. <laughs> you know, we're of in, it's Judge Dredd. we're in, we're in a mega epic and I got to always give it, you know, unless something really like blows my socks off, I got to give it to Dredd and well, things are good, man, just Dredd walking through the hard decisions, just the tough, um, both the tough decisions Dredd has had to make combined with like the heroism we've seen from a lot of other judges and just regular people and stuff yeah. really makes these makes the these these sort of uh vignettes from this war seem really real and human and also really but also at the same time really big and like super actiony and stuff it is great stuff it's really awesome I mean, it went from radiation to snow to like super heat to yeah. I just, yeah, the weather's playing like a big thing in the background that I really like, and just yeah. everything. Just all the stuff with really the city well. and stuff is really amazing, and dread just being this like guerrilla leader now, like you know, desperately trying to halt the Sov the Sov advance. Sov's being all super, all uh, super confident and stuff, and dread sort of like messing with their ideas. It's real neat. I, I love it a lot. That's real fucking good. God, yeah. such agreeing. <laughs> Man, we're getting, we're like, I feel like we're about halfway through. Well, no. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're about halfway through the, uh, the Apocalypse shit. War now. You, we're halfway through? Like, there's, yeah, because. There's 10 more issues or whatever. I think shit. there's Holy like, fuck. there's like, I think there's like 32. So actually, yeah. So we, and we made like 14 this time. So we're on the road. Good God. It's gonna get. It's gonna get. It's, oh my god! You know, what else could happen? Lots. <laughs> oh, oh my god! Like, yeah. Don't fuck around when they say epic. This is like hurting my brain a little bit, man. This is like. 
Yeah, it's, it's going to be real good. Anyhow, I hope everybody enjoyed the show. As always, you can find Space Spinner 2000 on iTunes, Stitcher, the Google Play Store, or on our podcast site at Cradleline.com. Feel free to contact us at spacespinner2000 at gmail.com, on the 2080 forums, or on our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages on Twitter. We're at SpaceSpinner2K. For everything else, you know, Space Spinner 2000 will be there, buddy. Uh, come back next time as we take a break from weekly progs and check out the 1982 sci-fi special. Uh, I'm, Could you I'm, come back time? What? Can you say that again, Fox? Huh? Can you say that again? Oh, I, I said you'd better fucking come back. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, uh, oh, man. Check out, yeah, so I'm, I'm pretty stoked about this special, Fox. Uh, it's going to have some, some new thrills and some classic invasion and Mach 1 story stories, including, I think, one of my favorite Mach 1 stories, where he just shows up and says, I'm here to kill the president. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, he comes to the passport office and just says, yeah. the passport people, I'm here to kill your president. It's going to be and good. Man, they take that seriously. They, they They're like, mess oh, around. fuck you. You yeah. don't just go to another country and say, oh man, I love Mach 1, old Mach 1. Absolutely. So, yeah, it'll be good. There's also some puzzles and quizzes and stuff like that. So, until next time i'm conrad he's fox and we are space spinner 2000 splendid Splendid